You're listening to the Hotard Huddle Podcast, presented by me, Michael Hotard. Check it out as we dive into sports, movies, music, TV, and more. This is the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Bring it in. It's time for the Hotard Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hotard. We're here for episode two, and I am going to be joined by my good friend, Grant Ordoin, who is... Um, he works in the graduate studies department of the one, the only, the Nichols State University, uh, the school that he and I both hold near and dear to our hearts. Um, so I'm excited to talk to him. We're going to talk to him about his role within the university and sort of the transition Nichols has seen in the last few years, academically, athletically, across the board. Nichols is on the up and up, and I I think I can speak for a lot of former colonels that say we're excited about where Nichols is going. So he and I are going to dive into a lot of that. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about uh, a video that kind of blew up and went viral for him. It was the Confused Colonel video. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about that where he would go around Nichols campus, find people not wearing Nichols apparel. They were wearing LSU, UNO, just other schools apparel. And he made this big scene about it that they were a confused colonel. Pretty cool stuff. So can't wait to talk to him. But before that, guys, it's August 15th. It is fantasy football season. If your drafts haven't happened yet, they're probably happening within the next week or two, uh, right before the kickoff of the NFL season. And I, for one, am stoked. Uh, fantasy football is one of my favorite things to do on this planet. And one of the things that I love about fantasy, and especially draft day, aside from the draft, aside from the drinking, aside from the trash talking with all of my friends... It's determining the draft order. Now, I've done this a number of ways over the last few years, and it's one of the most fun parts of fantasy football. I I, I like to spice it up. I like to have something fun to look forward to in determining that order. I don't like to do the names out of a hat. I don't like to do things that are basic. I, I've... Uh, the last couple of years, we've done a multitude of things across uh, my leagues from the Wonderlick test to everyone bringing five trivia questions with them. It can pertain to any topic at all. One of the people in my family league is a car enthusiast. He had five questions about cars. I brought a, a multitude of things from movies, music, sports. Um, so people just kind of brought their own interests, so naturally those would be the gimmies, but you answer all the questions. Whoever answers the most right, they get to pick where they want to draft. Um, we have done a uh, selection of World Cup teams, and based on how they finished, that's where we got to pick. So this year for my uh, Dirty Dozen, which is my big money league, it's ultra-competitive, we are going to do a wiffle ball home run derby. So I am pumped about that. That'll be a lot of fun, especially with the amount of crap that we talk to one another. That is going to make draft day that much better. But the home run derby, basically the way it's going to work, we'll get five outs apiece. 
Um, we're going to mark off where the home run marker is for the Derby. And when uh, if we finish, if I were to finish first, I would get to pick where I want to select in the in the draft and so forth, so on. So we just work our way down the ladder. But I'm super pumped about that. Draft day is almost here. Um, it's August 15th. I have two weeks till uh, two of my drafts and then just one week for another one of my drafts, which is a dynasty league. Super pumped about that. Going to be my first year doing a dynasty league. So something I've always wanted to do, but it's draft season, y'all. I'm excited about it. And if you have any creative ways that you have done your draft orders in the past, Drop them in the comments below. Let the people know because you never know. Someone may want to use the idea. So spread the love and tell us what your fantasy league is all about. But coming up next, we're going to talk to my buddy Grant Ordoin, who works with graduate studies with Nichols State University. Stay tuned. I am joined here by Grant Ordoin with uh nichols state university my alma mater i'm really excited and uh grant man i'm happy you decided to uh be here for the podcast dude thanks man i appreciate being here as well and um so grant and i i always saw i always saw you around nichols and we weren't really friends when i was in college and then after after i graduated you know, through attending athletic events, things like that. We just sort of connected after that. Um, but I mean, when you want to, you want to talk about somebody who, who bleeds the Colonel colors through and through, that's this guy here. Um, so just kind of talk a little bit about what made Nichols such a special place for you and why that has always just been, you know, kind of your school essentially. Um, Nichols is just a great place to be. It's an awesome environment. I feel like it's a community within a community. Um, you know, I started at Nichols as a freshman in 2010 and really never left the place. Um, since then, you know, I was involved in um, multiple student organizations, uh, student government, uh, stu the student programming association, uh, student alumni, um, the Colonel Catholics, and uh, in my senior year, I was uh, advertising manager for the Nicholsworth. So uh, it, it was really awesome to be a part of. Um, throughout my years and you know once I graduated with my bachelor's in 15 um, you know I was blessed to have the opportunity to start working there as an admin assistant um, got really got my foot in the door a few months in you know my, my supervisor she discussed with me uh, the benefits of uh, obtaining my master's and uh, you know I was a little hesitant at first because a master's you know can be a little undertaking sometimes and it, it's it's uh you know <laughs> hey man, there's a reason I uh, I had to take a victory lap for uh, my undergrad and then never went back. I I just you know, don't know that I could but, do it. But you know, it, it's it's great to have. Um, like I say, I eventually started you know that journey uh, while working full time. Like I said, it was a task you know at first. Um, but you know, looking back on it, I'm really glad that I did get that master's. You know, I graduated with my master's in 18, uh, just a year ago. And, you know, once again, I was blessed to have the opportunity to move up into the current position I have today. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you talk about the community and Nichols, stuff like that. Um, I had, I had family ties there. So one of my older sisters went there and, that's kind of how I how I discovered the Colonels and Nichols, and since 
since that time, I mean, I there's an eight-year gap between the two of us. So, you know, I'm 10 years old seeing Nichols and things like that. And I think it was pretty much from them or from then until the time came for me to decide where I was going to go to school that I pretty much had in my head that I was going to Nichols. So when it came time for me to apply to schools and things like that, I literally applied to Nichols and that's it. Once I got my acceptance letter, I was like, that's all she wrote. Like, <laughs> this is a done deal. So, yeah. um, but no, man, Nichols is, Nichols is great, dude. I, I loved every single second I spent there. And, you know, now when I see college friends or people I, you know, interacted with on a daily basis in college, you know, it's like, damn, dude. I miss it. Yeah, the Colonel Pride's definitely grown over the years for sure. And it, it's just, like I said, it's an awesome atmosphere to be a part of. And, um, you know, right now, currently for you, man, so what's uh, with your current job, um, what's some of the things that you have to uh, deal with on the day-to-day with, uh, with your job? Well, right now, um, I'm coordinator of university graduate studies at Nichols, and basically our office works to assist the many graduate programs that are offered here at Nichols. Um, and, you know, basically my day-to-day is talking with potential graduate students, you know, collaborating with uh, the graduate program coordinators and administrators, and basically assisting current graduate students and the graduate assistants. Um, like I said, that would be my typical day-to-day, uh, basically uh, increasing awareness for our graduate programs and what our graduate faculty, the staff, the students are doing through their research in the community is really a key component of what I do as well. And uh, every day provides something new and exciting, man. I tell you what, that's that's really what I love about working in the field of higher ed. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and that's got to be kind of a kind of a cool thing for you too, just being the, being the colonel that you are, you know, being able to get, you know, essentially either new students or old students to stick around. I mean, ultimately, you know, the more people that go to Nichols, the more it kind of promotes itself, and you know, the more colonels we can have out there versus the uh, good old tigers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to touch that one. Um, <laughs> however, however, uh, you know, like I said, we we have many graduate programs at Nichols. So, if anyone out there is actually interested in attending graduate school at Nichols and exploring what we have to offer. Um, feel free to give me a call. Give our office a call at uh, 985-448-4438. Again, that's 985-448-4438. Or visit our website at nichols.edu slash graduate. Um, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook by searching Nichols State University Graduate Studies. Or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at um, Nichols UGS. Insert plug. I got to give the plug in, man. That's what I do. <laughs> no, man. And then, uh, no, recently, too, I thought it was cool. Um, I was I was super excited for you when I saw that uh, you had actually been selected. Um, but the Alumni Federation. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I know you're a big part of that. You, you know. I'm a lifetime I, member. Right. Yeah, and you've probably been a lifetime member since, you know, you started walking. But, um <laughs> No, I mean it's it's cool, and then you recently just got selected uh, to the to the board. So oh, yeah. you're now inside of it. You can now help affect the decisions that the alumni federation makes, things like that. So that's pretty cool. So you know, talk about talk about that and how that's been going for you so far. 
The Alumni Federation is is incredible, man. I'll tell you what, it's it's run by um, a great director and a great assistant director. Uh, director is Catherine Ginaloni Mobile. Um, she's she's an awesome alumni director, and the assistant director is Jessica Harvey. Like I said, they're doing wonderful things. Um, and recently, we had our board retreat, and by the time I guess this podcast goes live, you know, we were having our uh, Colonel Caravan events this month. And uh, for future reference, you know, for the listeners out there, uh, the Colonel Caravans are basically meeting meet and greets in select cities with alumni, donors, um, some Nichols coaches and administrators. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really awesome to be a part of this year. You know, we're going to have uh, Colonel Caravans in Morgan City, Baton Rouge, Homa, and New Orleans. And uh, for future reference, like I said, within the coming years, it's just something awesome to attend. I'm looking forward to this amazing year and what we have to offer. Didn't y'all do a uh, Colonel Caravan last year at uh, World War II Museum? We did, and we're also we're doing that again in New Orleans this year. Nice. And uh, it was a great experience. And if you haven't had the opportunity to go to the World War II Museum in New Orleans, check it out because it, it's an awesome experience. Yeah, dude, the last time I went, it's um, I went with uh, my wife. She actually, it's been a couple of years. It's probably been five or six years because i'm pretty sure we went because she got credit for one of her history classes at Nichols for going <laughs> um but it was cool man they had just added the uh oh uh, which i think it was like a tokyo exhibit or something mm-hmm. um but they had just added one of their exhibits and i know ever since then like they are constantly adding stuff so um, but dude, I remember going and it was a good time, man. There was a lot of cool stuff in there. Oh yeah. It's awesome. But, um, you know, with you, um, one of the interesting, uh, interesting stories about you and, uh, I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it by now, but we have to talk about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the Mr. Confused Colonel himself, man. Oh gosh. So I know, uh. That how that video went up how long ago? Uh, I want to say in fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Because I remember it was it was my it, senior year. Okay, for sure. It's uh so so Grant basically one of the issues we deal with at Nichols, and I didn't think too much about it until I actually started working with the football program. We get too many people walking around campus with other schools gear on and honestly man like it seems like not a big deal because i mean Nichols is obviously a heavy commuter school too but at the same time you're dealing with you know athletes you're dealing with people who work with the university and it just oh man it's frustrating like i just remember <laughs> sitting at the table in the lunch uh in the calf and uh you know I'd sit with a couple of buddies from football and everything like that. And dude, anytime someone walked in with LSU, if if the wrong person saw it, oh, they were gonna let them have it. Well, you freaking doubled down on that, man, <laughs> and just went absolutely off. So the confused colonel trend started. You were essentially running around campus and finding, seeking out the people who were not wearing the uh, good old Nichols approved apparel. You would find whoever was wearing LSU, UNO, ULL. It didn't matter if you were wearing another school's gear on our grounds. You were getting the sirens going off on the megaphone. 
the announcement that there was a confused colonel, like you did this in the union, you did this in classrooms. Everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere, and it was glorious, and it wound up actually becoming kind of a big hit on the internet, man. Um, you know, like I said, I'm grateful for the people at Nichols Athletics, especially at the time. Uh, I know Tyler Knowles, Zach Carlton, Morgan Plot, Grant Burns. You know, they asked me to be a part of the project at the time. And I was like, oh, sure, you know, let, let, let's do it, you know. And then after we, we went out, they gave me a bullhorn, and they said, do, do your thing. And so when I, basically any anyone without a Nichols gear on or with other universities' gear, you know, called them out. And... Uh, it they they posted it online. It was it was during Nichols Homecoming Week, and so that's what made it extra special. And so they posted it online, and overnight, I, I was I was shocked. Like I was surprised the amount of hits you know you know it had at the time, and it was it was great. Yeah, it was great. Got got Nichols the exposure it uh, it deserves, and for sure. You know the best part about it too is. Yeah, you're calling these people out, but they can't even be mad because they're getting free gear out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so no, we gave like, them a free nickel shirt afterwards, and it was like, hey, you know, wear, wear some Colonel Pride, you know? Yeah. And it uh, it turned into, we, we have Red Out Fridays yeah. every every Friday, and so that that's, that's that's amazing just to have some extra Colonel Pride, at least have a day without for, from the week to have that Colonel Pride in there. And um, WGNO News with a Twist, they actually came out to Nichols a couple weeks after the um, the video went online, and they covered the story as well. So it was just some extra exposure for Nichols. Yeah, I couldn't. So. I, th- I had thought that one of the New Orleans stations had yep. covered it. And, um, but yeah, man, it's awesome. And w- one of the things that I love, and this will we'll kind of segue this into into football, I guess, but. Now that now that the athletic program has built itself up to the point where it's formidable, it's sustainable, it's it's competent. Um, you know, that's one of the cool things that, from my perspective, I wish I was still in school for, because now Nichols is getting that exposure. You know, last year for football, I mean, essentially, they were the best team in the state for their level of play. I mean, LSU obviously had a good year but you know Nichols was killing it in the Southland Conference and just doing work in uh the um in the FCS so you know it was cool to see because uh I know Sharif Ishak um one of the local reporters in New Orleans kind of a kind of one of the bigger ones here he was constantly plugging Nichols and um you know, and rightfully it, so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just cool that, you know, now that Nichols is establishing some wins and uh, putting putting the check marks in the W column, they're getting some exposure. And, dude, it's just great to see because coming from someone who worked in the Charlie Stubbs era, you know, there were essentially six, seven wins. And don't get me wrong, like, I, you know, Char- Charlie Stubbs was great to me personally. But they just weren't winning games, and it just it sucked to see. So now that they are winning games and they have their man with Tim Rebo, dude, it's it's only going up from here, man. He's a great guy, and you know th- this year they're looking to stay undefeated at John L. Guidry Stadium for the third consecutive year. I mean that that's amazing how far Nichols football has come, you know. And then coming off of uh, a Southland Conference championship year. 
they're looking to repeat, you know, as they've predicted to win it all again in the Southland Conference uh, preseason poll. And that that's just amazing unanimously at yeah. that. Uh, and, of course, within the next coming year, they're starting construction in the Barker Hall Expansion and Football Operations Center. And the facility, I think it's anticipated to be complete by the 2020 football season. Um, so that that's amazing within itself. And, you know, season tickets, if you haven't purchased your season tickets, this is uh, plug number two, I want to say. Um, I have a couple more plugs left to go. But plug number two, you know, season tickets are made available to the public prior to the beginning of each season. And it's it's going to be it's going to remain available for purchase up until the first home game so fans who choose to purchase season tickets can do so by going online at nickelstickets.com via phone at 985-448-4790 or in person at the ticket office located in Barker Hall just east of Gidry Stadium so if you'd like more information on season tickets, you can visit GoKernels.com. That's G-E-A-U-X, GoKernels.com. All right, that, that was that Dude, that second one. They need to just pay you to just start plugging stuff on podcasts. <laughs> just start the whole Grant Plugs It on podcast. You got to gotta represent Nichols, and you got to support Nichols, you know, especially, you know, if you, you're employed. Hey, you know what? I was I was going there as a student, and it's like Colonel Pride every day, man. You, you yeah. got to do it. Well, dude, that's one of the cool things I've seen now, like, you know, with – with the athletic events, I mean, they were scrounging the bottom of the barrel when I was there trying to get people to go to games. And I've gone to a lot less than I'd like to, but I try to at least go to a minimum of one every single season um, for football. So, And the ones that I've gone to, dude, it is night and day in terms of the the crowd, the atmosphere. You know, we used to struggle to get probably 500 people in the stands now the seats are packed dude you know, it's, it's a full it's, house it's a great atmosphere to be a part of man i tell you what like the, the football games are have high intensity now and it's 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 amazing to be a part of the the tailgates you know that, that's awesome as well and uh speaking of football i'm gonna backtrack just a little bit um because on Saturday, August 31st, we're actually going to be having a Nichols football kickoff watch party at Big Mike's Barbecue in Thibodeau. Um, so whether you're a Nichols alum or just a Nichols football fan, feel free to join us on kickoff night at Nichols, as Nichols takes on Kansas State. Because that's, yeah. that's the first game, man. So it's the hype is get, already getting started. Um, and so that's going to be sponsored by the Nichols Alumni Federation. And uh, if you can't make it to the watch party at Big Mike's Barbecue, just be sure to come on out to the tailgates this season for the the home games. You know, I think the first home game is uh, October 5th versus Central Arkansas. And so uh, we'll, we'll be starting this football season off strong at home this year. And that's going to be a big game just in itself for the first home game especially. Yeah, but Central Arkansas, they – I'm trying to remember where they were ranked in the preseason poll, but I, I knew they were... I want to say it, maybe second. Yeah, it was second or third, I think. Mm-hmm. Central Arkansas is good, man. They uh, they used to knock their teeth in when uh, when I was going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, it's, it's awesome to see. You know, the fact that they can walk into their first home game knowing that they have three years of not losing there and... You actually feel like you can get a win against other Southland Conference opponents. Oh, my God, it's nice. Yep. But one of the things I love that Rebo has done um, 
you know, he, he we were. T- I was talking about this with somebody uh, just the other night, and you know, with Louisiana being such a big college football and NFL market, you know, one of the things that I think small schools don't do enough of is look to the river parishes where yep. you have some of the best talent in the country and people just kind of write it off, you know, write off the lowly ranked prospects of the river parishes and just kind of like, eh, you know, I'll go grab a couple of Juco guys, which it's important to have. Definitely. But one of the things he's done, man, is he's just taking every little bit from the barrel that the LSUs don't want. Up it's and down great. the bayou, up and down the bayou. And you have to do that because that in order once you recruit locally that's how you effectively pack the seats mm-hmm. you know you bring your family in their their cousins you know mama people you know all, all these people and it's just it, it helps with the atmosphere it's a family-oriented atmosphere and that that's just what makes Nichols great absolutely man absolutely um you know aside from aside from football you know um uh, softball just had one of their players get recognized or um, in the running for Woman of the Year or something crazy like quite, that. Quite possibly, I believe that might be Megan Landry. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. So it's just, dude. And and here's the thing, you know, yeah. People talk a lot about college football and kind of forget about the other sports. But the reality is too, if your football program's good you're going to get exposure from the other programs. Oh, College sure. football runs collegiate athletics. It helps um, out tremendously. And especially in, in South Louisiana where football is life. Football is God down here. Yeah. So, um, But it's awesome to see, you know, between between football, uh, even basketball, they've, they've increased a little bit. Now I know they lost the, the head coach uh, before last season. He got a job offer at a bigger program which when you're at Nichols that comes with the territory I mean and you're never gonna fault a guy for that but he left the program uh better than he found it which is awesome definitely um but between that and then of course uh Seth Thibodeau with baseball you know he's is currently he's probably the longest tenured coach there I would think He does an amazing job with the baseball program as well. Um, and like backtracking for basketball, the assistant coach uh, Austin Clunch stepped up to be the the head coach uh, for for basketball. But um, yeah, Seth Thibodeau, he's he's a great coach, man, and uh, he's doing tremendous things for that program as well. Yeah, they, um, you know, Didier uh, Field just got some major renovations a couple yep. of years ago. And, I mean, it, dude, that's the other great part about this. You know, with the Barker um, with uh, Barker renovations coming and the football stadium going to look a little bit better now. It's, it's, it's amazing to see the facilities just coming together and yes. actually being built up, not looking like the same rundown facilities of the past. It's, it's Every, fantastic. Everything's improving. Everything's yeah. improving. Academics, athletics. Just everything is on board to improve. To the renovations are going on, well, campus wide, and like I said, like it's a good atmosphere just to be a part of, and it's incredible. Can't say it better myself. It can man. only get better from here. That's right, <laughs> and it's always a great time to be a colonel. Am I right? Always. And uh, if you're if you're a Nichols student or a Nichols alum, and you're wearing 
anything other than Nichols Apparel. Unless, of course, you did maybe, um, you know, a, a master's program at another school. Then you yeah. get a pass. Yeah, it's a pass. But, but if you only attended Nichols' campus, Grant will find you. And yeah. he will call you out for being a confused colonel. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the other... one I, We definitely got to talk about this. Um, so, aside from our, our love and affection for the good old colonels, you and I like a lot of the same TV shows. And one that you're probably going to be really mad that I just finished for the first time. Oh, boy. The Office. The Office. You just finished it for the I first literally just... So, I had started watching it in college, and I couldn't get into it. Like, I didn't get the humor. I didn't like it. I had finished probably a season and a half, and I was like, screw this. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so, I turned it off. Well, um, probably about a year ago, I had started watching it again um, and gave it another shot. I got through... Probably f- the first three or four seasons, and then just pressed a long pause on it. Just, yeah, I don't know what happened somewhere along the way. Stopped watching. Well, um, I started getting a little more time because of things happening at work, things like that. So, being home, you know, while I work, I'll have something on in the background. It's well, binge fest, dude. For the last, I finished it about two weeks ago, but probably the. The two months prior, dude, it was nothing but office when I'd watch TV by myself. Like, that was it. And, dude, it's... Oh, man. It's a phenomenal show. Oh, I love it. I absolutely series. love it. Kevin with the, the pot of chili. You know, dude. like that. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes, obviously. Without a doubt. Yeah, it was just... It's just awesome. And I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't watched The Office, but I feel like the, the series finale just wraps everything up in a nice little yeah. bow. Dude, wanna and I will ruin it for people because, <laughs> but don't say I didn't warn you. You can bypass this part, but spoiler alert: one of the best parts of that finale was Creed giving the most epic monologue, the most yes. he's talked the entire show. Yep. And then he's in handcuffs, and it, you're like, it, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate for him, man. Dude, and but, uh, and I know that The Office. I want to say, speaking of The Office. Is it in 2021 that it's going to be off of Netflix? I want to uh, say I think 2020. Well, yeah, it might I be think the start of... Because I know that they're getting rid of Friends, I think, in 2020. Yeah. Like at the end of this year, yeah. uh, the beginning of next. And so, unfortunately for all the Friends fans out there, you might have to get them on Blu-ray now um, or just watch it. I think it might be going to a different live stream or a different uh, streaming network. Well, dude, that's but, um, what that's what I do when these shows go off. Is I just buy the box sets. So yeah. my wife and I were I have watching the box set of Friends. Yeah, I I don't have Friends yet, but I did buy the League right after that mm-hmm. got taken off Netflix because yep. that's that's part of my fantasy football oh, ritual. Yeah. I watch that before every season. Gets you hyped up. Absolutely. Um, and another show that my wife and I liked a lot and really enjoyed is One Tree Hill. So mm-hmm. when that got pulled, I got the box set of that. Um, and aside from that, I think those are two, the only two box sets I've bought recently. But Friends in the Office will absolutely the top two. Well, well and they also will... Parks and Rec too. Uh, I got See, Parks and Rec. Okay, I uh, like I like Parks and Rec, but I'm not huge on it. Like obviously, you have the whole debate: what's better, Office, Office Parks, or Parks and Rec? Dude, yeah. it's not even a debate. The, if Ron Swanson wasn't on Parks and Rec. 
I, w- I honestly wouldn't care about it. Yeah, I like Ron Swanson, but I'm also a fan of Amy Poehler as well. Yeah, you know, she, Amy Poehler, she pulls the show together as Leslie Nope, and I feel like she does an, a fantastic job with with that role. You know, and so like I said, Ron Swanson, that that's great. Uh, and he he truly makes the show as well. They they um they're good companions. Yeah. for one another. But going back uh, to the office, so you know, finally finished it, and dude. Oh man, it's phenomenal through and through. Uh, but you had mentioned Kevin Malone and the pot of chili. Kevin Malone goes down as my favorite character on The Office. Not even close, dude. I love Kevin. He's the goat, man. Oh, without a doubt, dude. The best is uh, one of my favorite Kevin moments. Is uh, is uh, I like the Kool Aid Man. Oh, the, dude, the, the Kool Aid man. man, dude. His that was the face. Best. Oh man, it's that great. That was the best. But um. The best is when you meet Holly for the first time, and she comes in, and uh, she's talking to Kevin. Now, Holly's super nice, Mm -hmm. and she was like, what do you do? Because they told her that Kevin was slow, Mm -hmm. so she's going up to him, treating him a little differently, trying to be a little nicer. It was just a shock. And he's just like... He told her, he's like, well... I do the numbers. Yeah, and it was just kind of (laughs) like... It, I don't know. It was just. It was just a moment. It was. Just, you it's know, so they, they did him wrong. They, they they did him. Yeah. It was. It was one of the cringiest moments, obviously, of the show. And I was like, Ugh, well. but dude, the best is he just like because it's Kevin. He's like, I do the numbers, <laughs> and then there's just the awkward uh, silence for a second after she's like, Yo, that's a very important job. Yeah. And he goes, You want an M and M? And then gets the jar, and then he's just like. I keep them here on my desk so that everybody doesn't take them. <laughs> He's just, oh, Kevin's such a goober, but I love it. Him. He's awesome. Um, one character that everyone hates that I actually love is Ryan Howard. Oh, yeah. Ryan is the man, dude. <laughs> one of the, uh, like, even as he transitions into the scumbag that he becomes, I don't <laughs> care. I love Ryan, dude. The He's, temp. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, the best was the season two, uh, um, that very opening of season two, it starts with Ryan Howard and he's like, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, because I have my 10 year reunion coming up and it will not say Ryan Howard temp. It will say Ryan Howard, junior sales associate of a mid tier paper firm. <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> I do not love that, but oh man, it's great. And that's, I, I think that's one of the things is as the show goes on, more of the characters start to develop. So that's why it picks up the momentum because they just throw the gauntlet at you from the get-go, introduce oh, yeah. you to all these people. Like the first season, I feel like the first season, like many other shows, I feel like it, it starts off a little either cringeworthy or you don't know where this show's going. It, will it get canceled at the end of the first season? Is it just like a one season and done you know, kind of deal? But I'm glad that season two started to kind of pick up a little bit the pace. And then from there, it was just hit the ground running. And yeah. it, just, it just took off. Well, that's what's crazy is, uh, you know, a lot of people hate the back seasons after, after Steve Carell and yeah. after Michael Scott leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought they were great. Like I was a big fan of Andy Bernard. Yeah. Uh, up until the last probably eight he, or nine episodes, he took the ball and ran with it. Yeah. You know, Ed Helms did awesome as the Nard dog. He's one. <laughs> he's another one of my favorites. Um, and then obviously, spoiler alert. Did did do. 
And then, uh, obviously, the spoiler alert that uh, Dwight eventually takes over yeah. um, after Jim, mm -hmm. you know, puts in the good word for him. Everything kind of comes full circle. But, yep. dude, that's another relationship dynamic that's just great is Dwight and Jim. Oh, yeah. Um, so know, when he impersonates him was, was also... Oh, dude, that's the best. Michael! Michael! <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Dude, he's... Uh, but yeah, dude. And, um, one of the things, I, I don't know, like watching it, maybe you disagree, uh, but one of the things I, I was, I like them, but it's like, eh, the whole Jim and Pam love story. I, I mean, I wanted them to be together, but like, there's so many people that go gung-ho over Jim they and were Pam. A ship. I was just like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, they were a total ship and, you know, I, I love them. I, I did personally. And just, I felt like their story just, it, it was just great. And it, once it started, you could tell that it was getting there, that they were going to end up together. And uh, fr from then on, I was like, you know what? I'm invested in it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, dude, I, um, I, I did love the proposal episode. I thought that was awesome. And then their wedding episode is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they come dancing down the aisle, all the just goofy stuff yeah. that makes the office the office. It was yep. great. Yeah. But um, switching gears to another TV show I want to touch base on that uh, is not as uh, lighthearted and funny, but good old <laughs> Game of Thrones, oh, man. Yeah, that was that was that was a, a good show. Um, people had their their thoughts on the last season, and I, I felt did I feel like it might have been a little rushed? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, do I feel like they could have explained a little more and made some more things come full circle? Yes. However, do I feel like a petition should have been written to try and change up season eight and end it differently? No. I mean, you got to give credit to actors and actresses that put in the time, put in the work for everything that they've done yeah. to make this series one of the best ever. I'll go off on a limb oh. and say Game of Thrones is one of the best series just in general ever yeah. in the history of television. Um, and so the, 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 the amount of time and work that they've put into it, I feel like, yes, we, we did get a little short changed in, in some areas, but they, they've done just a great job just putting it all together. And you know what? A lot of times you just, you're not going to agree with everything that uh, a TV show does. Obviously, I don't know if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother, yeah. but it was kind of the same token with that show. Um, yeah. I feel like they ended it. Was everyone excited about what happened? Absolutely not. I felt like I did get shortchanged after investing like nine seasons. I think it was nine seasons yeah. into the show. But at the end, I was like, wow. Like I feel like I kind of got ripped off a little bit. But when you're watching all these episodes back of How I Met Your Mother, of Game of Thrones, you, you come to appreciate everything that the actors and actresses have done to make those characters... Uh, dare I say, legend, wait for it, dairy, you, you know? Um, so that's just how I feel about that. Yeah, I uh, I think now because of social media, because we're so interconnected more so than we were, you know, not just 20 years ago, but hell, five years ago, yeah. um, people 
people have a tendency to just complain and try to about everything social justice warrior everything and that's the that's the big problem people can't appreciate them for what they are and game of thrones the final season i'm with you like tenfold hundred percent um i I thought it was a little rushed Mm -hmm. but i thought it ended great i liked where all the characters ended up danny had to die that was what they (laughs) alluded to the entire time r.i.p Right. You know, I loved I loved uh Daenerys Targaryen. She's, she was she was awesome. Yeah, she was fantastic. And even watching her in kind of the transition to the heel turn essentially. Yes. Yep. You know, but she had to die. This was never going to end with her breaking the wheel because she's part of the basically wheel, yeah. part of the wheel and yep. part of the power families. Well, what happens? The whole time in this show they talk about the deficiencies of people, Tyrion being a dwarf, mm-hmm. Bran being broken, uh, Davos being uh, Davos, <laughs> yeah, like he was he was illiterate, yeah. Um, Bronze just court, kind of a sellsword, mm-hmm. and he's an outcast. He's yep. he's essentially a pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wants his money, exactly. You know, but all of these people take their spot on the final council in the show. I thought it was amazing. I loved yep. it. Tyrion, top to bottom, probably my favorite character in the show. Um, And I love the way it ended for him. He, to me, is the smartest in Westeros. Truly. And he eventually ends up being Hand of the King. Hand of the King. Um, And my favorite part about how it ended, my buddy Rich and I talked about this, they have to tell the Tyrion joke. Well, they didn't tell it. But they alluded to it, and we were both like, that's perfect. So, of course, the Tyrion joke is I walk into a brothel with a honeycomb and a jackass. <laughs> and uh, when they tell that, he tell he starts telling that to the small council in the end, and then it just cuts. And I was like, yes, they did it. Awesome. But, um, you know, Snow being just going rogue and going north of the wall, that was expected of yep. Snow. Yep. You know, he he didn't want it ever. He didn't want anything. Um, Sansa, of course, declaring that the North is independent. Their family went through the most crap of anyone. Yeah. So it everything, especially tied, her. Yeah. Oh, especially for sure. Her. She had some 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 moments, and I don't know if we want to get into all that. You'd have to watch the show for yeah. for all that. Um, but she she had it rough, man. Yeah. And dude, she. Uh, you want to talk about actor or actress with a glow up and just claiming to fame dude sophie turner is on fire right now married to jonas yeah Yeah. freaking jonas just announces their new tour which i would absolutely go to um but you know she marries uh she marries joe jonas and dude they're setting the world on fire man that's a power couple definitely definitely but um you know with uh with some of the other things uh i guess happening in the pop culture and entertainment world um you know what's what's a show right now that you're currently watching that you can't get enough of man i've been stranger things yes uh, so oh, yes. Stra- okay. stranger things i feel like that was just a great show the the third season is now streaming on netflix and i binged to watch that and i think in like two days it took me two days just to binge season three and i feel like that season three personally i feel is the darkest season of them all and it just goes off on a tangent man but it's it's great 
you know, every all like I said, the actors and actresses they really pulled together for this one. And it you've had some emotional times. You had some kind of gory scenes in there. Uh, I think the goriest of all three seasons, truly. And uh, usually you had some tear jerkers at the end, but I feel like it gives you hope, especially if you watch the end credit scene for season three. It gives you hope for season four whenever that does come out. No, dude, I loved uh, season three, man. It was fantastic. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the criticisms that I heard from it a lot, and again, this goes back to what we were talking about with people just not appreciating good television, was the fact that um, there was a lot of making out in it. But... Mm-hmm. It's the age they're at. Like, what more do you expect? They're becoming young adolescents, and of course, nature's gonna... (laughs) Nature's taking its course. I don't know what more to to say about that. (laughs) But dude, okay, so who's your favorite on on Stranger Things? I like Dustin. Yes, Dustin. Dustin's my boy. Yeah. You you gotta... And the Dustin and Steve friendship... It's the best, That is truly the best. I mean, you can kind of start to see that in season two, and then it just built on from... On season three, and you just gotta... You just got to appreciate that oh, friendship dude. for what it is. I love a good bromance, man. <laughs> but uh, now Dustin's by far my favorite, so I'm glad you yep. said that. But, dude, one of the things I was so pumped for, of course, was when Susie makes her debut. He finally oh, yeah. gets her on the on the walkie-talkie. Susie, do you copy? Oh, yeah, I'm actually a, a real-life person. Right. Yeah, You're like, yes, she <laughs> is real. And then, of course... One of the videos taking hold of the internet right now is them singing Never Ending Story. And the power was, ballad. Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> like, one of my favorite parts in that show's history. Um, but, dude, it's crazy, man. Now, the big question, of course, spoiler alert again. Like, we're talking TV shows. You can fast forward this if you'd like. <laughs> but, um, Hopper. So, Hopper was the MVP of this season. He was. Without a doubt. He was. Um, but... You know, of course, at the end, they show the Russians, and they mention the American. Well, dude, Hopper wasn't in the room when it blew up. Now, I don't know if that was just a disintegrated error or what, but, dude, oh, man, I hope Hopper's alive. But my theory is I think Hopper is alive. I think the Russians did take him, but what I think happens is they brainwash him, and he eventually becomes the villain. That's a good spin. That's a good spin. I'll give you my theory. Um, I feel that when they said, no, not the American, everyone's going to think that that may be Hopper. I believe that it might be Murray. Okay. And so they can go with him. Now, I think that when you watch towards the end, that machine, you know, that they were trying to break the, uh, open the gate once again, and then everyone started to kind of disintegrate. I feel that these people may not have died, essentially, but I've, I've read some theories on the internet saying that they may have gone into the upside down. Okay. So if Hopper was a part of that, like I said, I'm just, this is just, I'm just theorizing right now, um, he may have gone into the upside down with those groups of people. And so with all the, uh, the scientists and everything like that, so... It, it can go either way. I mean, I, do I believe Hopper's still alive? Absolutely. Like I said, he was MVP of season three. I think that they need him on the show, so I think that he will be on season four somehow. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I think either he'll be the American that the Russians are holding captive, or he'll be like in the upside down somewhere and trying to just get out. Yeah, so. dude, Hopper was great though. He um he was hilarious this season with with Eleven and Mike, obviously, and then just being typical alcoholic Hopper, like he's just <laughs> awesome. But uh, with dude, the Hawaiian shirt too, you know. Oh, just, dude, he looked he, fresh, man. He <laughs> Magnum was, PI, dude. He was getting his Tom Selleck on hard, man. <laughs> he was rocking it. But um, now, man, it's uh. One of the other characters that I was really disappointed when they uh, when he died was Alexi, aka Smirnoff. Everyone, man, the, the cherry, you know, on top. I, I tell you what, no pun intended. Yeah. It was just, you know, he wanted his cherry Slurpee, man. That's all he wanted, and he's a simple man with simple that's pleasures. It. That's it. That's all. <laughs> but he dude, wanted. he and Bald Eagle had another great bromance this season because they were just messing with Hopper relentlessly, oh, yeah. big time, and. uh Dude, the best was at the very end uh, when they are all riding in the car together to head to the fair and everything. And um, Bald Eagle had mentioned the sexual tension between uh, between Hopper and I, I can't remember uh, Winona Ryder character's yeah. name, but between the two of them, and you know they drop the bomb that they've never had sex and bald eagle starts laughing <laughs> then he tells uh alexi in russian and dude they just both are dying cracking up in the back seat <laughs> because the two of them haven't had sex yet and it was just cringe between them two it was like <laughs> they were just it was a very awkward moment for them too dude it was it, just something uh, else it's such a good show but dude i'm excited uh, season four is inevitable um but yeah man aside from that you know um aside from stranger things any any shows that uh you're currently on as well that uh aren't necessarily new and that you've kind of going back and watching not really shows but you know i've been to the movies lately and um i actually went to see toy story 4 nice and uh of course everyone was bringing their kids and stuff i went with uh, a couple of my friends and their kids and so toy story 4 i find was was great do I think that Toy Story 4 may be the last one? I do. They, Of course, Disney being Disney can, of course, push that further into a further franchise. Um, there there are ways that they can push a Toy Story 5. However, I, I do think that Toy Story 4 would have ended it nicely. However, I, I thought that Toy Story 3 ended it nicely as well. Um, but, hey, we'll see what happens. Well, dude, one of the uh, one of the characters. Now, I haven't seen uh, Toy Story four yet, but one of the characters that you've been hearing a lot about, and it's because of the actor that's playing him is on fire right now. Keanu Reeves as yes. Duke Kaboom, dude. Yeah. So you had him. I know Forky, of course. Yep. Forky being the one everyone crapped all over because uh, he's trash. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> but he a, was he was great. He was he added a lot to the to the movie. Yeah, and then of course Bo Peep makes her grand return. I know she. It was well. It was much needed. Yeah, it's. Uh, but dude, I mean Disney. I mean they're uh, always killing it. They. Uh, and I know you're a big. Uh, you're big into the superhero movies. Yeah. They just rolled out their plan for the next part of the Marvel Universe, man. I know, man. I can't even keep up with it, honestly. Because I, I there's so many movies that are coming out with their sequels. I know Black Panther 2. They, they, I, will they go, I will probably oh, yeah. see Black Panther 2. Black Panther I, was just incredible. Dude, I fell off the, the Marvel train 
really after the first Avengers because I I was going to movies regularly, so mm-hmm. it would have been easy for me. And then around the time that they started rolling all these out, I just kind of stopped going. And dude, once I got like two or three behind, at this point, it's it's a tide you can't really come back from. And now it's like I just don't even care. I'll just read the synopsis. Like I didn't go see endgame i just read what happened because i'm like Ugh. yeah i mean endgame was was a great movie I, I think they did a lot of great things in it to push this new phase that they're yeah. going into um of course that you had some kind of sad moments some tear jerkers of course but like i said the, it was needed to go into that next phase yeah. especially with the actors you know reaching a point to where okay i've been a part of this franchise for the past 10 years it's time to possibly move on you know um now i also think that the, the fans, like like we were talking about criticism, you know, in these past uh, few times, people are criticizing Brie Larson, I find, mm-hmm. a good bit for being Captain uh, Marvel. Now, I feel like Captain Marvel was a great movie. Like, just personally, I, I loved it. I think Brie Larson did a phenomenal job as that role. Um, so I don't see really why they're, they're criticizing her as much. I, like I said, I love Brie Larson as an actress, um, I think she does phenomenal whichever role she plays in a movie. Um, so I just I just had to put that out there, yeah. you know, just uh, in support of her because she's one, awesome. One uh one actor that I saw uh, that is being considered or uh, they're looking to possibly cast him for the new Guardians of the Galaxy is Dacker Montgomery, who plays Billy in Stranger Things. Oh wow. Um, which I don't know if you saw Power Rangers uh, when they tried to reboot it. You know he was Jason, mm-hmm. and dude, he's he's one of my favorite young actors right yep. now. If they, uh, I, 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 and again because I haven't seen the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I'm I might I I've heard from multiple people. Yeah, I've heard from multiple people that I'd love Chris Pratt in it. Oh yeah, uh, just because of his snide, sarcastic, you know, just. You'd love it. You need to yeah. check that out. So if he gets casted, man, I, I'll be inclined to go see the third one now. That, of <laughs> course, will have to come with me watching the first two, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But um, that was a that was a cool little uh, article I saw the other day. I was like, all right, cool. Because I was wondering, you know, what's going to happen with, with Dacker Montgomery after Stranger Things and everything. Because, I mean, he's got to get something. Because, uh, like I said, I mean, he's young and he's he's been great in everything he's done. That yeah. Power Rangers reboot, I know it didn't do well in the box office, but damn it, I wish it would have. <laughs> I I loved it, man. Like oh, I was yeah. so pumped seeing, and I went and saw it, and uh, I actually have the uh, have it on Blu-ray, and I've watched it quite a bit. I heard news of them trying to reboot it once again. Yeah, you know, and I feel like it it did it did great. Um, the first Power Rangers movie. I mean, it maybe not numbers wise, but personally, I feel like you needed that intro, and on how they became the Power yeah. Rangers. You know, and I think for as far as that aspect goes, I think they did a phenomenal job yeah. with that. Now, do I think they should just continue on and do it a little better with a sequel? Yeah, go from that, just cast, and then after, just you know, tie up some things in a nice little bow and just yeah. move on from that. Um, but I think they did a great job. Yeah, with that first I liked movie. it, and it it sounds a lot like your what you're kind of playing on is a lot like Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, because you obviously had the the 
when you have three different Spider-Mans yeah, you basically now, have just... the Tobey Maguire version, which was not as dark as the yeah. new superhero movies are. It was kind of, it was kind of like, it was kind of like the the original Batman movies mm-hmm. version of Spider-Man, exactly. Um, where it was more comic book. This is more fun and fluff. I read this, um, I think, on a Twitter post or something um, that. They each had their their own strengths, of course. I feel like Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man. And then Tom Holland was the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, and I I would agree with that. um, Because Andrew Garfield, I feel like he played the role of Spider-Man. Great. Tobey Maguire played the role of Peter Parker. Great. Tom Holland... The, like I said, the best of both. Yeah. You know, because he's, he's young. You need that young actor, you know, playing that role because, hey, Peter Parker, Spider-Man is supposed to be a teenager um, in high school. So I feel like he, he played that role well. Yeah. I uh, I saw the first, because Andrew Garfield had two that he came out with, right? Or was it just the one? Andrew Garfield? Um, Yes. He came up with The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. And that's when I they saw, cut that. Yeah, because I saw The Amazing Spider-Man, and I enjoyed that. Um, yep. I actually like Andrew Garfield a lot mm-hmm. um, because one of the things with Spider-Man is he's, he's, he's a dick. You know, <laughs> once he gets his once he gets his superpowers and once he gets bit by the dang spider and realizes that, you know— hey. He's kind of untouchable at this point. He, he's Spider-Man. Yeah, like he starts once he puts on that costume, dude. He turns into a jerk, and <laughs> I thought. And when you say Garfield did that well, like Garfield was awesome. Now I haven't yeah. seen any of the ones with Tom Holland. I've seen the first one, and of course he was in Endgame and yeah. uh, the Avengers movies, and I think he was involved with uh, uh, Captain America: Civil War. I believe that's where he got his intro, um, and now. I haven't seen uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, Far From Home, I believe yeah. that's what the title's called. Um, I haven't seen that one yet, but I should be going to see that one within the next coming weeks. Nice. And uh, looking forward to that one. I um, Another one that we can touch on that I actually like when you talk about just a total jerk. You know, he's a total jerk through and through, but Deadpool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> de- oh, man. So- they, they need a, a – they really need a movie – with just Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and um, Wolverine, um, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, they they need that movie. I think they they're they were working in collaboration with some kind of coffee that they were making. Yeah, uh, the ads and stuff that Ryan Ryan Reynolds is yeah because they're uh, they got a great friendship. The two of they them. They do. It's they uh, do. who's the? It's basically a tricycle. It's them two, and then I forgot who's the third in on their really, little bromance. But I really forgot. They troll each other so bad on it, Twitter, it's, dude. It's, it's great. great. It's great, but uh, Ryan Reynolds, man, he's it's funny because um, anything Ryan Reynolds touches, it turns to gold. I except feel like. Green Lantern, yeah. But you know, even <laughs> even this Pikachu movie, you yeah. know, the, this Pikachu movie, you take something like Pokemon and you put Ryan Reynolds in it, and it's like wow, like yeah. that two things that you never thought would go together, it just blends so well. And who, who knows, man? It's just it's they, just um, yeah. So we uh. My wife actually suggested uh, watching Deadpool one night because mm-hmm. I got it for uh, from actually her mom for Christmas one year, and uh, for her mom, <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's what her, that's what my wife's mom does. Yeah, She'll buy me awesome. a couple of D- uh, Blu-rays or DVDs for Christmas, and that I'm awesome. I'm all about it, man. Like because uh, 
She'll give me movies she thinks I that I should have seen by now based uh-huh. on my what I like. Your preferences. Uh, yeah. Like one of the ones she bought me was uh, Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a big John Hughes fan. Mm-hmm. So I love all those little 80s teens oh, movies, yeah. Breakfast Club, yep. 16 Candles, uh, Weird Science. And I had never seen Say Anything. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, now I can watch it. Yeah. Dude, it was fantastic. I loved it. Awesome. Um, but going back to what I was saying, so, you know. I get Deadpool, and uh, Melissa was like, we can watch that. I was like, all right, cool. This gives me an excuse to watch it. Uh, I still haven't seen the second one yet, but uh, we watched the first one. Oh, man, and we loved it. We were dying laughing. He's just such a jerk in the best possible way, like the perfect anti-hero. Um, but the, the way he narrates it and everything like that. Ryan Reynolds is a G, dude, but oh, yeah. he... Uh, um, yeah, it's just funny because I saw an interview with, so I forget the name of the segment on YouTube, but basically it's two actors roasting each other, mm-hmm. um, and he was on it with Josh Brolin. Oh yeah, and they were going back and forth, and Josh Brolin was like, "Yeah, well, why don't you talk to me about Green Lantern and how you felt about that?" <laughs> Josh <laughs> yeah, Brolin, like, yeah, oh. Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds. I tell you what, they they had a good uh, working relationship yeah. with that movie Deadpool two, and that. That was just phenomenal just in itself. Well, dude, Josh Brolin, let's talk about him for a second as Thanos. I mean, I based on the popularity, based on the popularity, it. I mean, Thanos, you have to put up there as one of the best villains in movie history, period. He truly was. You know, and Josh Brolin just being the voice of Thanos himself, it, it just, it, it worked. Yeah. You know, it, it just worked. And it's like you, you had that voice come in, that, that powerful voice, and it was just like, you know, you know, the balance live with it uh, yeah. die from it run from it you know whatever you know it's just it just worked yeah he uh he's come a long way since the goonies you know <laughs> you can you can say that yeah he uh <laughs> but it, man I, I tell you what it's cool to see him in the limelight after obviously all the all the substance abuse he went yeah. through so he's kind of back on his game now yeah for um, sure but uh you know we were just kind of talking about this before uh, another Part of the Disney universe, The Lion King just came out. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Me uh, neither. I need I need to go see that too. But dude, I'm excited, man. Like I am. Um, I've I've read. I I've I've luckily avoided any spoilers. Not that we don't know what's going to yeah, happen, course. but I I've kind of avoided details. But I have heard people criticizing it once again. What else is new? Of course. But dude, I I know for a fact I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of that movie and the cast for it. Dude. For sure. Lion King is probably my all time favorite Disney movie. I'm gonna go off yeah. on a limb and say that because you know it, it was one of the first I guess that I remembered watching. Yeah. You know, way back in the day, and I, I think I just stuck with it because they they had so many elements. You know, you had your comedy, you had your drama. You had your family dysfunction, yeah. you know, so everything was just rolled up into that movie, and it just, it was a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, James Earl Jones, I'm so glad that James Earl oh, Jones yeah. came back to play the voice of Mufasa. Like, when, when I saw James Earl Jones as Mufasa, once again in 2019, yeah. I was so excited, man. Oh, dude, I mean, it's, uh, it's you know, 25 years later, essentially. Yeah. Um, can't add it up directly or exactly, yeah. but he's still playing that iconic role. Yeah, man, James Earl Jones. You can't 
I, I mean, aside from Morgan Freeman, it's the 1A, 1B of voices. So. He is untouchable. Um, but James Earl Jones, and then obviously for me, I'm a big Childish Gambino and Donald Glover fan. Yep. So I see him as Simba, and I was like, dude, no way. <laughs> that was awesome. So um, obviously him as Simba. Then you have Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, John Oliver as Zazu. Yep. So many awesome people casted. Beyonce as Nala. Eh, well, <laughs> I, I could take it or leave that. The but, <laughs> but uh but no, man, they did it. And even the I can't pronounce the guy who plays Scar. Um, it's he's he's got a unique name. Yes. And uh, but he's one of those people. He's he's in a lot of really good movies, and he he's plays got some well. prominent roles. He so, plays it well. Yeah, he truly does. Um, but you know him as Scar, which dude Scar looks badass for this. He one. does. I he like does. it. Um, but overall, I mean, you got Lion King, and then dude, you know. It's funny because one of the things, I guess, I, I think you appreciate movies in the same way that I do. Oh, yeah. But one of the criticisms you hear now is there's no more originality in Hollywood and stuff like that. But, dude, we've come so far. Like, what more can you do that's original? So when these movies get remade or rebooted, like, for it's example. It's plugged to something. Yeah. You know? Like, dude, Top Gun it's Maverick. I saw that trailer just yeah. dropped. Like, all these movies just get the nostalgia kicking for me, oh, yeah. and I love every second of it. I don't care. That's what's about making its money. That's right. that's that's what's really making its money is you know. And I'm not gonna lie, I was one of those people that that kind of criticized like, oh, Hollywood needs to be more original because all these reboots, all these uh, remakes of movies, uh, sequels that shouldn't be needed. I mean, I was one of those people that kind of criticized that. I'm not gonna lie, but. You know, Hollywood's making its money right now with the, with the nostalgia factor. And, hey, you know what? Whatever works, works. And yeah. that's it. And I feel like they're hitting hard with the nostalgia factor right now because it is working, essentially. It's bringing people, you know, to the movies. It's, the box office is on fire. You know, it's just – it's a great time with, with movies to, to be a movie fan. Now, let me ask you this. Because I think everyone has a short list of these. What movies are absolutely untouchable? If they remake, you are just going to be like, no. That that that's that's tough for me, man. That that really is tough for me. Um, because I feel like every movie that that shouldn't be remade, they've already re- remade. Yeah, remade it already. And so the movies that I thought were truly untouchable, I was like, you know what? They've already kind of been remade because personally, I felt like The Lion King could have been one of those movies for me. Yeah. You know, it's like because when I first heard that they were making like a quote unquote live action, yeah. you know, Lion King, I was like, uh, you know, we'll see, you know. But of course, since then, I've come to the realization like, well, you know what? The graphics are great. Yeah. You know, all the CGI. Well, did stuff. you see the uh, live action of the Jungle Book when that? I have. And that I, was. It was awesome. fantastic. Yes. So after I saw that, you know, now that Disney has rolled out the plan to do all these live action remakes like Mulan and stuff, I'm all on board 110% after seeing Jungle Book. Because yeah. when I saw it, I was like, this is this is awesome. And it, people are going to criticize everything now yeah. nowadays. You know, they they always have something to say about anything. And so, I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion though. Yeah. You know, so, we have ours. <laughs> one of, they have one theirs. of one of my untouchable movies is Goodfellas. Yeah. I'd be I'm always open, so to speak, to remakes or mm-hmm. reboots, but you better do it perfectly if you're going to remake Goodfellas or even Godfather. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a big I'm a big crime movie junkie. <laughs> like I love watching 
the rise and fall of someone building it up, whether it be through drug cartels, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, it's always a good story to tell. Um, So, you know, Godfather, Goodfellas, American Gangster, like all these movies I love. Um, But Goodfellas, interestingly enough, back in 2011, I had seen a rumor about Goodfellas being remade. Now, it didn't come to fruition, but they... uh, Someone put out a list of who they should get to play uh, each character. And I'm not going to lie. When I saw the list, I was like, I mean, they there's no way they would have the budget to pay these people. But I would watch <laughs> it because they had Leo in it. They mm-hmm. had Matt Damon. They had uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Like all these top-notch actors. And I was just like, I mean, I'd be inclined to see it. Um, you know, we're talking about sequels. I just saw the trailer this week actually drop for Zombieland yes, 2. Zombieland yes. Double Tap, man. I'll yes. tell you what, that I am pumped up for. I think that's coming out in October sometime, mm-hmm. around Halloween maybe, uh, rightfully so. Um, but I, I'm pumped up for that movie. I, I truly am. Because Zombieland, I thought that that movie was kind of untouchable at first. But hey, you know what? Like, once again, the nostalgia factor, I'm, I'm all hyped up for, for Zombieland, too. Well, Zombieland, I actually watched it two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... I hadn't... I haven't seen it in so long. It's been years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we used to watch that on repeat in college. Uh, <laughs> me and a couple of buddies that I used to hang out with. And we, we saw it in theaters. I wound up getting the DVD of it. So we used to watch it all the time. But, dude, oh, it's such a masterpiece, dude. It's so well done. Woody Harrelson's awesome. Jesse Eisenberg's awesome. And then, yep. of course, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin. Yep. Um, but one of my uh, one of my favorite scenes in the original Zombieland is when he's in the beginning going over the rules. Mm-hmm. And one of those rules is have good cardio. Yep. <laughs> and, dude, he's just running around the parking lot. He gets to his car, can't get the key in quick enough, and then zombies start coming the two that are chasing him and he just takes another long lap around and like the look on his face he's just so calm while he's running like no try hard about it or anything just (laughs) typical jesse eisenberg just playing the the jerk role so well and then um he gets back to the car after the second lap and he's like oh of course because the car is unlocked as it was anyway so but no, man, Zombieland's great. No, yeah. two's gonna be two's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, with uh, Woody Harrelson, dude, he's he's fantastic. He's one of the he's one of the funniest. Now let me ask you this question, and this may be a tough question: What movie do you feel that didn't get a sequel should have gotten a sequel? Uh, well, I mean, I think Sharknado Nine should have happened already. <laughs> um. No, I, what movie didn't get a sequel that I feel should have? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Because I've been, I've been thinking about it, and I'm, I'm surprised that... Now, personally, I feel like it could have been untouchable, but I feel like they could have gone off to college with, with this movie. Super bad. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they were talking about you know the whole college thing, going off to college. I think that they could have made a sequel of them going off to college. Yeah. I think they did it great. You know, the original Superbad was, was incredible. Um, I think they could have maybe gone off on a sequel uh, about it, but I think now that they kind of missed the boat with it. Yeah. You know, of course, CGI can do amazing things these days, but I don't think it's something that CGI could fit into with, yeah. with a Superbad, you know? Um, 
but I, I feel like that they they might have missed the boat with that one because McLovin. I mean, yeah, come on, icon man. But they, uh, no, it's hard. To, I think for me, it's harder to think of movies that deserve sequels just because we're in a time point in movies where everything's a sequel yeah, exactly. now. So it's tough to think about. Yeah. But uh, that's a good question, man. And I, um, you know, speaking of sequels, so Godfather, um, I when I when I was watching them because I had uh, the first time I watched the Godfather trilogy was literally two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of the movies I just never watched, and finally I sat down. They were all on Netflix, and I'm like, dude, I'm getting through these three. <laughs> Finn was still um, really young. I mean, so it was a little little under. Uh, two years ago as he's approaching his second birthday um but i was like okay cool well he's literally he can lay here and be fine like we our our day was sitting on the couch and that was pretty much it when he cries we attend to him yeah um but uh i was just like all right cool i'm gonna get through all three of these so i did uh and afterwards i'm researching the stuff about it they were actually planning to do a fourth one um and keep the series going. Wow. Uh, but then I think it was Mario Puzo, or uh, it was, I can't remember if it was him, but it was one of the big wigs within The Godfather. The guy wound up passing away um, while they were in the pre planning phase of it, so it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which, after, you know, Godfather 3, like, obviously catches the brunt because the first two for me are top. Godfather Part 1, to me, is the greatest movie ever made. Um, Part 2 isn't far behind it. It's probably top 5, if not top 5, top 10. Um, But, you know, the third one obviously kind of falls off the wagon quite a bit for a lot of people. I still enjoyed it and would have been open to a fourth, but I know a lot of people wouldn't have. But, um... No, other than that, man, I think we've pretty much covered everything there is to be covered at this point. But uh, no, man, I appreciate you coming on. And, no problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, dude, if you got another plug, you might as well go for it now. Well, uh, let me just backtrack, maybe, because <laughs> maybe I do have one <laughs> final plug. You know, it, it goes back to the Nichols Alumni Federation. You know, um, in case you, for all the listeners out there that is a Nichols alum, if you're a Nichols alum and haven't become a member of the Nichols Alumni Federation yet. I truly highly advise you to do so. You know, you can give the uh, the Nichols Alumni Office a call at 985-448-4111 or check out their website at NicholsAlumni.org and find out how to become a member. Enjoy some great benefits. And like I said, big things are on the horizon for the Alumni Federation, for Nichols, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it all, man. Absolutely. It's a great time to be a colonel. It it's always a great time to be a colonel and don't be a confused one. That's of the course. that's the big lesson. Never, here. never be a confused colonel. Absolutely. The show is coming to an end. It's time for the no huddle. The no huddle is a segment in which I will dive into a series of topics as fast as possible. Clock starts now. First up is quarterback Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints. This is an unpopular opinion, but one of the things that I have been saying since the end of last season or towards the end of last season is I'm worried about Drew Brees this season. I think this could be the end 
of the Drew Brees era in New Orleans, and it's sad to see because he goes down as not only the best quarterback in Saints history, but he's a top five quarterback all time, not even debatable. But based on last season, you saw him just kind of unravel when he was the front runner for the MVP heading into week 13. It all just came crashing down, uh, starting with Dallas and then working its way down. He didn't look like the same quarterback he did for the first 12 weeks of the season. So I'm worried about Drew Brees, and I think this year it could be a lot of struggles as the NFC South gets healthier. The teams, I think, might be a little bit better. I think the Saints could have a very, very big down year. I don't want it to happen, but I can foresee it. Next up is Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony has been making a lot of noise in the NBA because he hasn't been signed. And just recently, he made noise about not being invited for the Olympic team. Here's the reality. Self-awareness. He's got none. Is he talented enough to still be playing in the NBA? Yes, absolutely. There is no reason he should not be on a roster. The problem is... It's Mello. He doesn't want to settle for being that 7-10 to 10 role guy to just come in, fill the minutes, something like Vince Carter is doing. Mello's going to want to go in, ball hog, be the guy. He cares more about scoring 30 than he does about winning. And that's not me saying it. That was his former teammate, Chauncey Billups, who said that about him uh, a while ago. So... Mello, if he wants to be on a roster, he's got to come down to earth and realize he's not that dude. But he won't do that because he's an arrogant piece of shit. Next up, it's, it's tragic what's been happening with the amount of mass shootings that have been going on. You know, hundreds or tens of thousands of people's lives are impacted by it every time this happens. Not just the victims, the families of the victims, the friends of the victims. And it's, it's sad and it's tragic. And I don't want to get into too much of the political sphere on it. I wrote an entire column about this a year and a half ago. You can read about it there if you'd like. But one thing that bothers me about the people who don't even want to have the discussion for gun legislation, and that is criminals are still going to be criminals. That is a very very illogical statement and argument when it comes to making laws. Because we don't say the same thing about rape, we don't say the same thing about murder, we don't say the same thing about tax evasion. Yes, criminals are always going to find ways to bend and break the law. But if that number slides from the 250 plus that have happened this year down to 150, that's a win. You're not trying to, well, I'm not going to say you're not trying to alleviate the problem, but to go in with a mindset that you can completely eradicate it, then you're living in a utopian society that doesn't exist. And if we've thought the same way about other laws or other crimes that are committed daily, we'd be in a pretty bad place. On a lighter note, Major League Baseball is doing something cool for once. They have announced that in 2020, the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees will play a Field of Dreams style game. I believe the game will be played in a cornfield in Iowa, uh, commemorating the baseball classic Field of Dreams. 
I, for one, am excited about that. One of my good friends is a huge baseball fanatic. He texted us about it this morning. Um, I got it very early. Normally, me and the other uh, three guys or the other two guys in the group make fun of him for how much he loves baseball. But in this situation, uh, myself and one of the others were like, dude, we got to watch this together. That's going to be cool. That That's really awesome to commemorate an awesome sports movie. So kudos to MLB for doing something awesome. And last up, so I'm about a couple weeks out, a little under a month out from our next Disney trip. I'm super excited about it. One of the things that is always interesting when you take a small child is you, you don't know how they're going to react to a giant stuffed animal walking around essentially um you know when we brought my son he was he had just made one and he absolutely loved the characters one of the coolest moments for for myself my wife and uh his grandparents was we were in uh magic kingdom in Frontierland, and shaker one of the country bears comes walking down the street with some of the uh cast members well I was uh, sitting by the stroller, um, and uh, his nene, that's what he calls her, had had him down the street, and Shaker walks by. Well, um, she, she brought him over to the Shaker. Next thing I know, I see Shaker sitting on the ground in Magic Kingdom playing with my son, and he was loving every single minute of it, so naturally... You know, being living in the digital age, I grab my phone out the stroller and I run over there and get a small video of it and just, oh, it was just so cool to see. And uh, with him being a year older now, I can't wait to see what uh, what kind of reactions he has. Hopefully they're good ones and uh, hopefully it's another trip filled with awesome memories. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Again, you can tune in on the 1st and the 15th of every month. We are on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, and iTunes. Those are the four main ones. And then, of course, Anchor. Um, And you can follow hotardhuddle.com. I'll post those links um, each time a new episode releases. So you can go on there, click which platform you'd like to listen to or watch me on. And uh, hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you for episode three. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the Hotard Huddle podcast. Stay up to date with all the latest episodes released on the 1st and 15th of every month at hotardhuddle.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle.